Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode here at Voice of Adoptees. This evening, we're joined by Rita. She is going to be explaining a little bit about herself, her story, and enlighten us on her journey as she discovers who she is. Rita, thanks for joining us. Welcome to the show. Thank you for letting me come. Absolutely. So let's start from the beginning and keep it nice and easy, straight to the point. Tell us about yourself. Who are you? Um, so my name is Rita, uh, Rita Kenny, my American name. Um, I, I live in San Diego and I work with dogs and I'm going to school for veterinary pretty soon. You're going to school for veterinary medicine? Yes. Congratulations. Both of my parents are veterinarians. My adoptive mom actually went to University of uh, California, uh, Berkeley for her undergrad, and then she went to University of California, Davis for vet. Um, so that's fantastic. California is a great state. Um, how'd you get into um, veterinary studies and animals? And um, So in college, I studied marine biology. Um, but then COVID hit and I had some health issues and mental health problems. So I decided to drop out of college and I was still interested in working with animals, but I was at the time I was like, I don't think marine biology is my job. So uh, my place of work. So I went and started looking for jobs that are level entry jobs and allow me to work with animals. And I found a place, it's like a boarding facility for pets. So like parents go out of town and we take care of their pets during the time. We also do grooming and we do training as well. Wow, that's quite a handful. Well, that's yeah. fantastic. So we will revisit that aspect of your life later on. But let's get back to the main topic here about adoption. So why don't you give us some information about how old you were and you were adopted you know, when did you know that you were actually adopted? Uh, where were you adopted from? Let's start with those basics. So I was six and a half, seven years old when I was adopted uh, from Skoff, Russia in 2008. And I would say I knew right away I was adopted because I lived in the orphanage for so long and they didn't speak Russian. So I would be like, well, these are definitely not my bio family or a Russian family. And I didn't look like them. My parents are white, I'm Jewish, so <laughs> I would understand it. Wow, so you were adopted at an um, older at a age. Okay, so you definitely have memories of what Russia was like. Yes and no. Okay. I remember I most of my memories of are of me getting punished rather than like the good stuff oh okay <laughs> all right well um I'm, I'm sorry to hear that um we're like or more like timeouts or be like things like that i don't really remember like i don't even remember who my friends were i know their names and everything but i don't even remember who they are what they did and stuff like that Okay. Have you reconnected? Have you tried to reconnect with anyone from your orphanage? Like make a um, post somewhere online about, hey, I'm from this orphanage during this time period. Is, is there anyone else here? So I haven't tried that, but I did go through my adoption agency and did ask about them. Um, a few of my friends were adopted into Italy and Spain. 
And then there's one who wasn't adoptable and may still be in the system today, or he uh, or he was returned to his family. I have no whereabouts about him. But yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, so when you think of adoption uh, now, I mean, uh, what are your thoughts about, you know, because you have memories of it, you know, even if they're maybe not the best memories, mm -hmm. you have the privilege of knowing a little part of that, a little part of that life that some of us who were adopted very young, we don't know anything, right? Looking back on it, you know, and now you're getting older, you're an adult, mm -hmm. obviously, would you say the those years in Russia weren't the brightest years of your life or are you happy of where you're at now um i am happy to be living in america but i wouldn't agree with the parents who adopted me i'm really close with my mom my dad he's no longer in my life he's in jail for abuse and stuff and um there's aspects of that where adoption gets kind of tricky and i'm like days where I wish I just stayed in Russia and maybe none of this would have happened or wish I was adopted by someone else. Wow. That's, mm -hmm. that's deep. Mm -hmm. Very deep. Um, well, I'm sorry to hear about that. Uh, that must be very hard, uh, but I'm happy that you have a nice relationship with your mother. That's a big, you guys can yeah. lean on each other for sure. Um, so you have some of these thoughts. Um, you just mentioned that, you know, you wish, Maybe you weren't um, adopted. Maybe you wish you were adopted by another family or maybe mm -hmm. you would rather be in Russia. Looking at Russia right now, would you want to be in that country right now? At this point, no. Uh, with the whole political war and just uh, how in general the Russian society is today, I wouldn't want to go back now. Maybe if the war ends, maybe in like 10 or 20 years, I don't know. So you haven't gone back for any visits since you've been adopted? I did go back in 2012 oh, when we adopted my younger sister. Her name is Ksenia. She was adopted out of Vladimir. And that was the last time we went to Russia. Wow, okay. What were your thoughts seeing it? I mean, you were just adopted four years roughly before that, right? Um, I was excited to have a sibling. Yeah. Cause I, but then once she kind of came as a lot of older siblings, I did kind of get annoyed that now I don't have my parents to myself. Yeah. The whole single, uh, yeah. ch child mentality has gone out the window. Yeah. <laughs> um, we were both adopted at an older age, but I can't relate to her cause she has, um, um, she's intellectually disabled. So she, can't talk on like a deep level as I can about her adoption. And even when we talk about it, she's like, I don't even remember anything. I didn't even, she doesn't even think she's adopted. She thinks my, our adoptive parents are her biological parents because, and stuff like that. Wow. That must be a little confusing. Um, For me, it's hard cause I can't connect with her. Yeah. Her, she's living her best life. She thinks she's American. She loves it here. <laughs> Okay, well, so from that statement, it's safe to say, do you not consider yourself American? Um, I would say there's a lot of um, a lot of instances where I never felt American in like 
certain cultural aspects and then going to school, it felt really weird because um, I don't know what age they start in most orphanages, but I didn't start school until I came to the U.S. So that Okay. was hard. And then I was also kind of forced to forget Russian and then kind of try to become Americanized because um, my parents were like, Americans don't really like Russians and be like, try to act as American as possible. Like, try not to let people know you're from Russia, which is kind of hard because I still have an accent I was and everything. going. I was going to say, yeah, it's a little challenging. <laughs> How did that? yeah. How did that make you feel from your perspective? Especially how a lot of adoptees struggle with identity already of who they are. So to get told to be someone that you don't feel comfortable wanting to project must have been very hard at times for you. Have you ever tried to explain to your mom or um, your father at the time, like, hey, I I'm struggling with this. Like, give me, give me, you know, give cut, cut me some slack. <laughs> My mom was very understanding of it. She knew like I was going to have a hard time adjusting to the American lifestyle and everything. My dad didn't give a shit, <laughs> lightly to put it. Oh, that, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, now, wow. Okay. This is getting interesting. So with your story so far, do you resent being adopted? Um, I would say no, I don't resent it. I just wish, like, if I could go back, I wish path, uh, certain things that did happen, I wish I could have either ended it sooner or was able to change the path, path I went on earlier on in life rather than later. Okay. And um, let's talk about your connection with your um, Russian family at all. Did you ever want to find them? Have you found them? Did you, what type of, uh, like, let's talk about that. So I have been trying to look for my birth family for like a very long time. Um, it's been really tricky because uh, the person on my birth certificate who is supposedly my dad is a fake name. And my mother herself, it was an orphan. Her was an orphan and she gave birth to me when, right when she left the system. And she was living on the streets or living somewhere. And we did look through databases and try to connect with people who may have known her. And none of them know her whereabouts or anything about her. And so it's kind of like a dead end. And some people have told me that I may have to do a... Uh, a formal government like inquiry of paperwork to see like where she is now I can't do it like go on VK and ask a whole bunch of people do you know this lady because Right, no one will right. probably be able to find her Yeah, yeah, and that, that avenue about the official inquiry, that's, um, I've done that one time uh, to help someone out many years ago, and surprisingly it worked. Uh, it was, they ended up finding relatives by contacting, I think, a police agency or some local police got involved to figure it out. So that's definitely an avenue you should uh, look into. Um, wow, okay, so... You've gone back only once, and that was to retrieve the other um, child that was adopted. And since then, you I assume you haven't been back since. I have not been back since, no. Okay, do you want to? Um, I would like to go back. Uh, I know, I know you said you kind of wanted to wait until the whole conflict over there kind of 
settles but, down a little bit. And I also have to renew my passport and everything. So, and because I'm a naturalized citizen, I can't travel on a visa. Correct. So it's kind of difficult situation right now. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I know they closed the uh, uh, consulate down in over in uh, San Francisco. So does that mean you have to go to? I either have to go to Chicago, Washington, D.C., or Houston to retrieve, uh, to either put a formal inquiry about my birth family or to renew my passport. Wow. Well, I'd, I'd, do, I'd do them both at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, limited. Um, there you go. Okay. So, wow. All right. Um, so right now, how, where are you at with uh, processing all of this? Are you upset? Are you coming to terms with it? Are you determined to find out more? Where are you right now? So right now, I'm kind of feeling at a dead end. Like, I did at one point feel like, well, maybe she didn't want to be found and just wanted to anonymously give me up and just either put a fake names on stuff and she doesn't want to be found. Or the other option is because she's so poor, she can't afford technology or anything um, that, or she may be dead. So it's one of those situations. Okay, wow. And it, I do kind of get jealous when other adoptees post and say like, I found my birth family and they all like multiple posts talk about it. And then I'm here like, I'm still looking. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, it's hard. Uh, everyone's story is different, and yeah, you really have to go into it. Uh, you know, I tell everyone go into it with a grain of salt and expect very little, because if you mm -hmm. have your expectations way too high, and they're not met, you're going to get hurt more. So go into it with the lowest expectations possible. So any little tiny bit of news is something. <laughs> um, so um, I did find from a person who knew her 20 years ago that she may have changed her last name and got married. So, and that I possibly have a sister named Nastia. But other than that, I haven't gotten any more information. Uh, the lady kind of ghosted me and haven't heard anything back from her in a couple of weeks. So okay. I don't even know what's happening. Okay. Well, it, it sounds like you're at least trying and that's a big... You know, you're, you're trying to figure it out on your own. And that takes a lot of courage to do that. So it's definitely not easy. Um, mm -hmm. Would you recommend to people uh, to say, so let's, let's look at it from maybe an adoptive parent's perspective. You went through this whole process as the adoptee. Would you ever want to adopt a child yourself? Um, I have thought about it in the past, like since... I'm adopted, I might as well give another person the chance of having a family. Um, but now that I'm older, I'm not a really big fan of children. I think that's yeah, all right. Yeah. yeah. I, I think a lot of people will agree with you on that one. Yeah. Um, medical history. Were you lucky to have medical history or, or was it unknown? So I did have congenital ptosis when I was born. So one of my eyes was loopy and was half shut. And uh, in Russia, I don't know if they were able to do uh, able to do those surgeries. So 
I lucked out in being adopted by an American family because right away I had the surgery done. And then I did have an umbilical hernia. So I don't know what that means, but something with my hernia when I was born messed up and they had to fix it when I was older. So in the cases, if I were to get like pregnant or have a child or have pregnant, um, I won't have issues with my stomach and everything. Okay. Wow. Yeah, I know. The only reason why I ask is it's a it's very common that a lot of adoptees get upset with the lack of information, um, especially when it comes to health. Um, In my paperwork, it did mention that my mom was part of a PNE, which is like a Russian boarding school for like disabled and like mentally ill people. So we know I knew she had some mental disabilities and maybe had like depression or anxiety or whatever. But I don't know if my mental health issues, the ones I have today, are from her or if they just developed over time. Right. I mean, that's the you're going into an, the whole argument of nature and nurture. Right. And that can be argued forever of, you know, mm-hmm. are you more like your genetics or are you more of the situation where you were raised at the environment that you were raised in? Mm-hmm. Um, wow. OK, so. Let's see, we you, you let your Russian passport expire, I assume. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think 2013, 2014, like a long right. time ago. So we're in the process of trying to find information out on our relatives. Mm-hmm. Your adopter at an adopted at an older age, not sure about your Russian family. You want to go back when things calm down, uh, but we're struggling to get the passport done and any information on your biological family. I'm sorry. Yeah, your biological family. And you have a good relationship with your adoptive mother, not so much with the adoptive father. Mm-hmm. So. My question is, when did you start getting actively serious about searching for this information? Did you always want to, like when you were younger, or was it when you got older? Was like what triggered, like what event in your life triggered you to say, hey, I want to find out this information? I think I've always been interested in finding who my birth family was, uh, but I wouldn't say until I was older, maybe high school, college years, when people would ask me, like, oh, where are you from? And I'm like, San Diego. But then they'll be like, but you have an accent. And then I would have to tell them I'm I'm adopted. And so it got to a point where I was kind of annoyed uh, that people would- Yeah, that sounds about right. Yep. <laughs> that people would be like, but you're, or you don't look American or whatever they would say. And so that was when I kind of wanted to start looking into my family and things like that. And yeah. 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 Well, I mean, <laughs> you just got annoyed. Yeah, no, that's that's funny. I mean, it's funny because a lot of adoptees, you know, can relate where we we know that we're adopted. It's nothing new. It's mm-hmm. like, all right, yep, we heard this, you know. Yeah, sure. I'll, yeah, sure. I'd love to tell you the same story that I've been telling the last 20 years of my life. Sure. No problem. Yeah. And it's to the point where it's it's almost like they are more fascinated about it than you are. And you're just like, all right. I'm going to just do this so I have information and just be quiet. <laughs> and then you start this whole process and then it it's gets deeper. It gets complicated. Some mm-hmm. people love it. Some people regret even starting the journey. Mm-hmm. Have you have you regretted starting the journey so far? I would say no. No. 
I've, I've learned a lot about myself going back through like all my adoption paperwork. I've learned about like some things that I don't even remember about. And my mom's been really helpful. She would, so my mom was one, was very um, intellectual and very lucky to have uh, done research before she adopted. So she did a lot of research about Russian orphanages, Russian this, Russian that. And so, and she knew that one day I was going to look for my family. So she just did more research throughout the years on her own uh, to kind of help me <laughs> bef um, until I told her like, hey, I'm actually interested in looking for her. Then she would have some resources for me to go to. Wow. Okay. Well, that's, you know, it's good that she spent the time and the effort to do that. Mm -hmm. um, that's that's very nice of her. It shows that she was dedicated even from the start. So let's talk about a support structure a little bit. With you currently in the process of going through all this, obviously it's a lot on someone. It's mentally draining. It could, it's exhausting. It can mm -hmm. sometimes bring up bad memories that we don't want to. Do you have a structure? Are there people in your life that you lean on during this process? Um, other than my mom, I don't really have anybody. I do go to therapy like a couple times a month but other than that i don't really have anyone have you ever talked to anyone else adopted from russia kind of like yes. shared stories and swapped you know information of hey you know i'm also trying to look too type of i've i've talked to a lot of people who are adopted from russia and I've, I've even joined like a huge group chat where we all talk about it and stuff did you find that helpful um, a lot of them, a lot of the stuff that was said was helpful. Um, what really annoyed me was people would make, um, um, come up with things like, oh, well, maybe she's this, maybe she's that, when they don't have the information on about her. And so those, uh, when people did that, that's kind of, when it kind of annoyed me looking for her, because like, I don't know if she's dead. Why are you making the assumption that she's dead? Or, so you were know. you were getting you were already getting offended by things that you don't even know was true. Yeah, like if but, you know the facts or possibly know what happened to her, I would love to hear it. But if you're only making assumptions, it kind of annoyed me. Yeah, well, that's not fair to you, definitely. Mm -hmm. So it would be understandable why it'd be upsetting. So mm -hmm. moving forward, so you're 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 doing this head on pretty much as yourself. What type of results are you expecting? What are you prepared for? What do you want? Um, probably to know if she's alive. Um, if I did have siblings, because from what I know, I was the oldest. I'm the only child and the oldest. Um, and then maybe to see if she like either left the the region that. Uh, she was last known to be at and moved somewhere else and started a new family. I don't know. My expectations have become really low. <laughs> well, sorry, I'm not, I'm not trying to laugh at that like yeah. you. I'm just saying the situation and I, it, I could tell from you that you are, you're finding humor out of this, which is a good yeah. solid way to approach it sometimes. You know, when, when you feel like all else is failing, you might as well just start laughing a little bit and saying, you know what, like I'm doing the best I can, you know, what, what I get is what I get, you know? And the fact that you're coming to terms with that, it shows that you're 
mentally capable of handling it and you're strong enough to handle that. And that's a big thing because a lot of people really try to go into this sometimes with, like I said, these high expectations that they're never going to get. And then Mm -hmm. unfortunately, if they get bad at, they get bad information, it Mm -hmm. might trouble them for a very long time and there'll be dwelling on it forever and that's unhealthy and you know, all that. But it sounds like you are very, capable of you, you know what you're doing so let's say um you're, you're you know you're doing this search you're finding information you finally establish uh, a connection with someone mm-hmm. and you mentioned you'd want them to know that you you, you want to know if they're alive right mm-hmm. and kind of where they are yeah. how much of yourself and your life would you want them to know about you do you draw the line somewhere do you have boundaries how would you approach that? Um, I would probably tell them that I'm adopted in by a family who lives in the U.S. and that it kind of be like, oh, um, my life's been pretty good. I'm going to school for veterinary, and that's probably about it until I actually get to know them. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Um, have you prepared and yourself? Did- oh, go ahead. My big issue is I don't want to find her. And then her first thing is asking me money because I have heard about uh, the stereotype that Americans are wealthy. They have money. And if my mother's poor and then she's like, I want money, I need money. I I have to draw a line there because I can't afford living here. <laughs> and she thinks I can. And I can't afford her her lifestyle either. Right. Right. And that, unfortunately, that does happen. You are right. But mm-hmm. as long as you are, you know, upfront about it from the beginning, set the standard and it's really on them at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's say you find them, you get to share this information. After you get to know the basics, are you, would you be interested in trying to form a stronger relationship with these people? Or are you simply going about this to say, hey, I'm alive, I'm okay, okay, you're alive, okay, and then I'm going to move on with my life, you know, close that chapter of my life and move on? Or are you wanting to hold on to certain aspects that maybe you felt that you lost? I would love to have get connected with her, but if things don't really go the way that I think they will go, then and she doesn't want anything to do with me or whatever, then I'm, I would be fine with just like, oh, I know she's alive, she's doing well and stuff. And she knows that I'm alive and doing well too. Okay, well, I mean, that's very, very honest. Um, mm-hmm. Do you regret uh, being adopted? Are you angry about it? Um, at one point I would say, um, at the, around the time when the abuse was happening and my dad went to jail, I was upset that I was adopted. Um, but then now that I'm older, I feel like um, if I was, um, I kind of be like, well, if I wasn't adopted, I don't even know if I'll be alive today in Russia, <laughs> kind of thinking on those, those lines. Or, and like those things uh, shaped me into the person I am today. Yeah. Okay. Um, In terms of the Russian culture, have you stayed up to date with the Russian language 
Do you celebrate any of the holidays? Do you enjoy the food? Have you tried to reach out in San Diego and California with the Russian community? There are there are a bit of Russians out there. Have you like what what's the little of exposure you've had? So when I would say 16 or 15, 15 or 16, I did uh, go to Russian school and it was held at SD, SDUSD and they teach it to anybody who, uh, they teach it to naturalized speakers and also Russian as a second language. So I did it as Russian as a second language because I wasn't fluent then. I've, my speaking abilities at that time was that of like a one or two year old. <laughs> Um, so I did that for a few months and then I kind of stopped going because, uh, school and everything. Um, and then I would say I didn't really get connected back to the, to the Russian community and stuff until maybe, uh, this past year or the year before when, um, past year or two. And sometimes I celebrate Russian Easter, but we're not really a um, we're not really into the big holidays and everything in our family. And then my, luckily, uh, my mom's grandparents were, I think, from Russia, too. So I did kind of grew up on eating the food and she would talk about what her grandma's life was like coming to the U.S. and stuff. Well, that's a pretty, that's a, that's a nice connection to have right there. Um, so you talked about your friends seem to be very interested in your story. Do you keep them up to date often whenever you find information? Is there a certain friend, maybe a best friend that, hey, you just got this, say you just got all this information one night at two in the morning. Who's the first person you're going to call and bother and wake up? <laughs> My mom. Fair enough. Um... <laughs> And then uh, my friends do help me do research as well. So like if they find interesting information or resources that I can go look at, they'll send it to me and then I can help them too out. So we kind of help each other out and stuff. Yeah, that's awesome. That's really yeah. great. So let's talk about the post uh, kind of adoption story for you right mm -hmm. now. Um, besides this whole entire part of your life where you're trying to find information. What else do you do besides, I mean, of course, studying for to be a veterinarian is, as my parents mm -hmm. said, you have no life for many, many yeah. years. But um, what do you do for fun when you're not thinking about all this? What are some of the hobbies that you have? Um, Who's so, Rita? Rita. Uh, so um, I don't really have many hobbies. It's mostly filled with work. Uh, but when I do get the time, um, I like to hang out with my dogs. And then um, I have hearing issues. So I've been in the deaf and hard of hearing community. So I would, I would practice signing and ASL with a lot of uh, deaf people for fun. Until... Wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I actually did uh, ASL when I was in elementary school. And yeah, sadly, they don't teach it anymore. Yeah, yeah. Like I was, I think my generation. I graduated high school in 2019, uh, and me and my sister four years apart. I remember in third grade we would learn it, but once my sister hit third grade, none of the teachers at the same exact school would teach it anymore. So I wonder if their curriculums changed or if ASL just 
didn't want to be taught at schools. Yeah, I don't, I couldn't tell you, but you graduated mm. high school in 2019, you said? Yes. Wow, okay, I'm old. Got it. All <laughs> right. Thanks for reminding me. Um, hopefully not that much older, but um, okay. So, well, it's good to know that you have some other hobbies besides work and studying and, you know, that's definitely going to be big. Um, but veterinary medicine, like I said, it's something that I've got to grow up with. My parents are so passionate about it and to see them and their love for animals. And my mom went the direction of uh, board certified in surgery. My dad went the direction of internal medicine and board surgery at neurology. So you got to see kind of a really cool 360 degree view, but you know, veterinarians, they always would tell me um, it's harder. Vet school is harder than med school to put it in perspective. So what you're doing is no easy task. So good for you. You learn about one one being in veterinary school, you learn about 180 different species. That's right. Amen. So I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. It's like you tell me. <laughs> That's great. Um, so for people who are listening to you and are going to listen to this podcast, they want to know what your view in general in a couple sentences would be about adoption specifically, you know, your story, what would you say to these people in a few sentences or less about your adoption story? Um, I would say do your research. If you're planning on adopting, try to find resources on how to help your child assimilate into your family and don't go into it blindly like a lot of families do. Um, on top of that, if, if you're adopting interracially or from a different country, try to keep that culture alive in your family. Uh, so they get to still be connected with their own culture, but then also be in your family as well. Right. Right. Very good. Uh, very good answer. Um, so are there any words of wisdom that you have for younger adoptees who are thinking about, you know, they're on the border of, hey, maybe I should look into my Russian side, or maybe they're adopted from China or another part of the country or even the United States. Um, you know, they're on the fence about it and say they went to you for advice of, hey, should I do this? How would you how would you respond? I would be straightforward and say do it. It's easier said. It's easier said than done. Because um, if you keep um, being like, "Oh, I'm interested in it," interested in it, and then years go by and and you still don't have information, then you're like, "Okay." <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's fair. So mm -hmm. it definitely sounds like you are for adoption and for you know adoptees finding that shining light at the end of the tunnel, so to speak. Um, I think a lot of adoptees would love to know that there is light at the end of the tunnel and that what they're doing at the, and experiencing the journey to finding whatever they're seeking is possible. So mm -hmm. would you 100% say that there is light at the end of the tunnel? Or would you say be skeptical about that light? Um, I would uh say like 80 percent of the time there's light at the end of the tunnel then there's that 20 percent where you do 
try to look into it, but then you, but then you just, nothing happens. Then that's kind of when it dwells and makes it hard for you to live your life. Wow. Well, that's very, that's deep. That's good. <laughs> um, I'm going to leave it open to you right now to leave everyone with words of wisdom from Rita. How would you like to end your story right now for everyone? Um, I would say, I would say adoption is really, is a really difficult process. And for myself, probably including many others, it is a hard thing to go through. But if you find support and people who are willing to talk to people who are willing to help you out, then you can find light at the end of the tunnel, I guess. Absolutely. President Ronald Reagan actually referred to the United States as the shining city upon a hill. <laughs> so yeah. maybe that's what people are trying to find. But that's that's an amazing, amazing story. And you're on an amazing journey. And, mm -hmm. it, you know, definitely know that you're not alone. There are many people who are adopted, not just from Russia, but around the world that can relate to what you are experiencing. So just stay positive and keep your head up. And uh, no matter what the results are, you know, you always have a support structure somewhere. Definitely, mm -hmm. you know, lean on your adoptive mother. As you said, if, if you get that information at 2 a.m., give her a call, wake her up. <laughs> um, but it's been a pleasure listening to your story this evening. Please keep us up to date with your information. Anything new, you're always welcome to come back and share updates. We'd love to have you again. Definitely. Uh, cheers. Thank you so much for joining us, Rita. It's been a pleasure. For everyone that's listening, thanks for stopping by with another episode of Voice of Adoptees. You can find this podcast on our website at any time, www.voiceofadoptees.com. We're available on all the platforms, and we really hope you enjoyed tonight's segment. We will see you next time. And remember, Voice of Adoptees, who am I? <laughs>